What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Between Two Tales. This is episode 24. My name is Kevin. I'm joined by my co-host, Dave. Appreciate everyone who is returning and tuning back in. Also appreciate all the new faces that have come in the past week. So for all the new people, if you're not up to speed, Dave, why don't you tell them what we do here? Yes, for all of you who are new, what you're about to witness is proof that a story from beginning to end can be outlined in one set out of what you're about to see is five randomly generated words. And on top of that, we're going to randomly generate two images in some way, either a theme, someone says it, somehow we have to incorporate this content into our overall outline. And what you're really about to see is us create something that we didn't preconceive. We don't have a notion of a story we would like to create or one we want to begin to work with and then, you know, work words in or something like this. I mean, it's totally on the spot. Now, if you didn't think that was, wasn't hard enough, we're also going to have a 90 minute timer running. So we have 90 minutes to complete this entire outline. And after that, we'll read it back to you. But Kevin, before, or I think, well, after, right, we have a special thing that we like to do. And we've been doing it pretty much since, what, second or third episode? Yeah, so we like to compare what we create to what an AI can create. So using ChatGPT, we give it the same prompts and themes as us, not so much the details, and see what kind of story they create. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's just really bad and funny. So far, they, their stories haven't been able to beat our good old human man-made stories. Sometimes it comes close, but most of the time it just falls short. But never know. The model might have gotten smarter today, this week. So we'll just have to find out after. That's true. All right, so let's generate these words. Share my screen. See what kind of words we get today. Uh, yes, sir. Let's see. Generate five words. One spin. Boy. Enemy. Road. Approval. Very general words today. And yeah, yeah. Can make any story out of these. That's right. All right. Let's see what kind of images. Interesting. I think the images will play a big part this episode. Because these, the images, these, these words can really work into a lot of different types of stories. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so first image. All right, oh, so we got a boy. Good. Now we got a girl. It's just this girl, beautiful, in pink dress. Girl. I almost think it's like a wedding dress, but it's not white. So maybe, I don't know. She's definitely just posing, but pink dress with flowers, we'll say. Yeah. Now we'll do a second image. What is this? What is that? Different temple building. Different temples and religions around the world. World okay. religions. So we just got to incorporate different religions, possibly yeah. temples. Okay. Interesting. Religions. It, it actually ended up giving us an interesting thing to go after here. It might become a little bit harder than we thought. And place the timer on. Got very general things here. We got boy, enemy. He's a love interest in a girl. Yeah. Or the girl might be his enemy. Who knows? Yeah. There's a road. 
need someone's approval stream got temple building and religions i got it i got it this what we do is we make a modern day shakespearean story of modern romeo, day romeo and juliet that's right <laughs> got the boy and the girl they need marriage approval they ain't getting it oh. maybe the households become enemies or they already are maybe there was a beef maybe the parents back in their day had a beef and then their kids end up you know falling in love and then maybe add another element of this being like different religions so like there are different religions and causes this drug. What what do these kids do? I mean, love birds. I mean, they could kill themselves. They could <laughs> just run away. They could take out the whole family on both sides and create their own family. Interesting. Let me see. So that's like the love story, different religion aspect, you know? Right. What if we had like... Then you could get kind of, and I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but I'll just start putting it out there. Like, yeah, you have this person, guy, girl, I don't know, out there traveling the world, and they've stopped by a lot of interesting places where they've come across these different religions, or they go into these different temples, etc. But that's kind of where I, I the built like we would have to consider building a story around that, you know, person that travels or a person that's trying to spread the word of their religion. Right. And maybe it's a kind of, it, maybe it's like sacrilegious for him to pursue this love interest in this girl. Maybe he's like a traveling monk who goes from temple to temple. You know, monks, I, I don't think they're allowed to have kids or get married. Right. If I'm not mistaken. But falls in love with the he lady. Falls in love. That's right. Um, falls yeah. in love with. His enemy's daughter. He's a monk. He has no enemies. What if he's a fighting monk? Well, and I guess he does have enemies at that point. He has ops. He's a monk. A monk mercenary. I don't know. Pink flower. Boy enemy. Road approval. Stream. And he knows he can never get approval. Stream. So he has to renounce his religion or his monk. Monkship. I don't even know if that's a word. But uh, he renounces. And I heard the word stream. It made me, and not that it makes any sense, but I jotted down the river people. River <laughs> people. Not that, like I said, not that it makes any sense. But it's like, you know, the river people. And, you know, maybe it sounds more like a title. And maybe they're up to no, like, I don't know. Maybe, okay, here we go. All right. Maybe there's these, okay, all right. There's a mm -hmm. society. The outside world, which we would be a part of, calls them the river people, right? But these folks, instead of stepping along with the rest of, you know, technology, etc., you know, they're still living like hunter-gatherers, right? And so it's maybe you have like this explorer or this person who's trying to bring religion to them or something, wash up or arrive on their shore, on their river. And he's like, he has to go through like whether they trust him or not. Maybe they try to kill, harm him. He gets more involved with them, maybe. And there's like drama within there because they want to, you know, maybe he does something and then they deem it like he has to die. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's a girl in pink 
in their dress, maybe not the same, not, I wouldn't say visualize it, not as the dress that we just saw, but like their version of a, a dress and he does something and they're like, oh, we have to kill this man. And he mm. has to escape this tribe that's been sort you know, thriving and surviving away from technology. Or he washes ashore some island where these natives are living. How he washes ashore, I mean, he got on a shipwreck and he gets more involved with them. And it's kind of like, a, maybe it's kind of like a last samurai thing where he has to fight against his, his kinsmen that are trying to colonize these people. Or maybe there's warring tribes. Oh, this, yeah, the warring tribes. So, like, he has to decide to fight or pick a tribe. Or maybe it's even deeper than that. He has to pick a tribe, but maybe he meets a young lady by the riverbank. And she's of the other tribe. So not only is he an outsider brought into this inside world for this tribe, but mm-hmm. maybe he's infatuated or, or, you know, whatever, falls in love, whatever, with someone from a different tribe. I see. So he's he's working with one tribe, but he falls in love with the enemy. Yeah. Or we can also take this, like, girl in pink thing a little less literal and turn it more into, a like, a fever dream. You know, as they're getting ready to fight, he has this dream of this girl in pink handing him flowers and some other stuff is going on. He doesn't know what it means, but it somehow correlates to this battle that's about to happen. Or ah, this, so it's or, a metaphor. Or this ambush, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> that's an interesting angle, too. And, you know, he never had these dreams. So, before, he's never had these dreams before, and it's like, now that he's washed up on the shore, or whatever, he's starting to have these you know, these dreams, these depictions of something that he can't interpret, he doesn't understand it. And I, I almost wonder if it's like one of these things that you set up, you, you know, it it's set up and cast before. So what I mean by that, and that's kind of vague and nonsensical, but what I mean by that is it's like you start off, he's sitting down across from someone at a restaurant table and they're like, tell me like how you escaped or how you survived or or tell me the story, you know, maybe he's scarred or what, he has this deep scar. And they say, tell me the story. Like, how'd you get that? And whatever, right? But it breaks into the story of like what happened. And it's this moment in time, this these few weeks or whatever that he was in this, on this island with this tribe. Yeah. In the middle of their, while this tribe's being assaulted from another tribe or whatever. And, you know, he's reliving what happened to him. And then we, as the audience are experiencing that. I kind of like to play with this idea of like the dreams and, and incoherent things that lead, like it makes sense later or something. Cause then we, we can really start to like get away from, it needs to be so literal. Like the boy could be a young boy walking down the road lost. And then, you know, blood begins to pour and it's like, what's going on? You know, like it can get more metaphorical. And I don't think we've really, we've never really done that. No, we haven't. I just thought of another interesting angle too. Them taking inspiration from an arc. What you got? In a recent manga that I'm reading. Let's say this, there's warring tribes. Or let's say this girl, she has like powers where she can tell someone's fortune accurately. Like to a T. So she's a fortune. 
a seer or whatever. Yeah. Then they built like a cult, like a cult religion around her or her father did. But uh, every time that she uses her powers to tell a fortune, she loses some of her life force or her life gets shortened. So I guess this is more like the Romeo and Juliet one, the boy, the dude washes up on the shores, maybe helps the girl escape, or maybe there's another tribe that's trying to kidnap this girl for her powers or whatever. I can also see it being tied into the one, the warring tribe one, right? So here we got the tribes, like this person, you know, bad girl, whoever, as they're going through this thing, this war, the this girl, the seer is someone that's they're you know embedded in the tribe and then they're like he comes to find out that this person is you know okay she's a girl age-wise you know 12 let's say 14 i don't know but she looks like she's 60 or something right because she's used some of this like representing what that life force draw looks like and you know she's 60 and he just can't believe it and maybe and then, you know, she uses her powers to see what's coming after things change. And, it's, you know, maybe it kills her. Maybe she uses the last of her life force and then they have this war or whatever. I don't know. But it brings in the interesting question of, like, she's a seer. Potentially, she should have seen all that was to come. Well, I think... Like, she would know that this guy or gal is arriving on the shore, this outsider, you know? Yeah. So that's something in there. That's something. All right. So the, I guess if I explain the character that I'm thinking of from this manga, it'll probably make more sense. It's this girl from Hunter x Hunter. And I hate that manga author because he's just so talented, but he, he just, he's ruining himself. <laughs> he's just depriving everyone. I don't know. Um, anyway, there, there's this character in there. There's like a short arc about her. She's a daughter of a mafia dude. And the reason why this mafia dude rose to power was because of her powers, which is she can tell the future of anyone. And she writes it in like a cryptic poem. But if you're able to translate that poem into what actually happened, you can either avoid a tragedy or you can take advantage of an opportunity. So the way her father used her to get to power, he got all the other mafia families to enlist in her services, basically. Mm. That's how he rose so fast. And uh, he used up her life force too. That I don't know. Okay. So that, that one we could definitely put in, but she, what she needs specific things from people to tell their fortune. So she needs, okay. She needs their name, their blood type, and I think their birthday, if I'm not mistaken. And then she can tell anyone's fortune. But she gives it to them in like a haiku or poem. Yeah. And you got to just understand what she's saying. Yeah, yeah, what she's saying. And she doesn't remember. She doesn't remember anything that goes on while she's. Oh, so she's like in a trance. She's a little. little, This is clever because she's an actual ghost writer. Like a ghost pops up. Oh, takes control man. of her and she writes and she has no idea what she's writing and she can't tell her own fortune either gotcha i don't know why that when we we're talking about like 
You know what's interesting about that? Struggling over power over this girl. That's who she reminds me of. Yeah. But you know what's interesting about that? Is that kind of thing in real life, or even the thought that's happening in real life, that put that girl's head on a spike. Or or put her in the water. See if she boiler her or something. Put her in fire. They're going to think she's a witch. Because she low-key is a witch. And then they're going to they're gonna kill her. You know, part of this tribe thing, you know, it's watch. it's like a documentary on YouTube. I'm sure it was on like Discovery Channel at one point. And I mean, unsurprisingly, you know, folks were getting unalived because they were believed to be using the devil's magic or they were a witch or something or, you know, casting voodoo or spells on people. I just remember this one guy, you know, the... The guy who came into their tribe just to talk with them and learn who they are, blah, blah, blah. He was like, oh, I heard you guys have, like, witches and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, the, the person he's talking to, like, there's an interpreter. And he interprets, and they're like, yeah. It's like, oh, what happened with the – who was the last one? What happened to the last one? Because they're like, this person's bones are there. And they're like, oh, I forgot how they killed him, but like, you know, we killed him. <laughs> they're like, oh, who was this guy? They're like – and then – I think the video is like, it gets edited. And then the guy's like, wait, that guy was your best friend? He's like, yeah. He's like, they killed your best friend? He's like, yeah. And he's like, well, did you think that he was a witch? He's like, yeah. It's like, man, you just killed your best friend? Because you thought he was a witch? So it's the, basically what I'm saying is that for some of these tribes, it's, you know, it's that deep to where like, even if there was their own blood, they might meet the end of an axe. Or bow, or arrow. Yeah, maybe like if we're building religion into it. Maybe there's like a sect, yeah, that, that built off of this main religion who's against witches and warlocks and magical stuff. And it's like a cult built around this girl who can tell people's fortunes. Yeah, and then maybe the re- the rest of the main religion they don't like that, so they try to offer, try to kill her. Oh, um, oh, you know what? The other tribe, and I think that's what you're pretty much saying. The other tribe tries to kill her based on their religion. Yeah, and if we want to put this in modern times, this man is just trying to make a documentary about the fortune-telling girl. He gets caught up. And he gets caught up into this conflict. All right. <laughs> and but his then, buddy, like, like, oh, that he gets caught up into this conflict. Part of, so part of it has to do with the seer. He gets caught up into this conflict. And then he's still having these like fever dreams. Yeah, maybe he doesn't believe that her. Right, of course. Thing is real. Better, right? He comes in there, Mister. I know better because I'm from, you know, the outside world, from technology, blah blah blah. So he's like, oh, this is nonsense. But, you but know, what if the way he gives people's fortunes, is she brews some? What is that thing that they did in Harry Potter to tell? Oh, that, the, the water divination thing. Yeah, with the, and then I think Harry saw like a wolf. How yeah, so maybe can... she does water divination. It's a tea. Yeah. So this is like the extreme ayahuasca ritual. This yeah. man drinks the tea, and then he has the dreams about his fortune or like his future or whatever. All I'll say on top of that is, so you said something interesting about like in in the show. Right, Hunter versus Hunter or Hunter X Hunter. She needs like their name, blood type, and birthday. So like maybe in order for 
this seer to tell you your fortune. You know, you need to drink this tea and she needs to like bite, bite your arm or something. I don't know. But something just that way. There's a connector. A drop of blood. Yeah. Bite his arm, get a drop of blood. No, they give him a knife. They say, poke your finger with this. And poke his um, finger with a, you know, sharp stick, like a sharpened stick. And the blood has to fall into the fire. Like she builds a, they build a fire, drinks the tea, you know, washes over him, let's say. They take his hand, puncture it, hold it out, you know, squeeze it type deal. Drop of blood goes into the flames. And then she's like, oh. You know, and all of a sudden, like, she's taken aback. She's into her trance, if you will, and she's able to tell the fortune. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then maybe but he sees. She doesn't remember what she says. So, like, she might be, for all I know, maybe her feet elevate off the ground. And then, you know, just. She starts floating in the air. This, I was going to say demonic voice, but this, you know, this the voice comes out of her. That's not hers. And then it's like, whatever the fortune is, when it's done, she lowers, you know, maybe they take her away, whatever, you know, maybe when she does this, like it tires her out. Maybe when she was younger, she was able to like stand or whatever, but since she's also aging, let's say, you know, it, it tires her out and then they take her away for like to recoup. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Let's get. And then maybe this dude is with somebody and she tells him that. His friend is going to die or something. And he's like, oh, this is all mumbo jumbo, but I'll roll with it. Well, and then the, and one day is, you know, his friend's just walking around, gets hit by an arrow by the, <laughs> the opposing tribe. No, man, it's, it turns into Sharknado. A shark gets <laughs> flung outside the ocean for some reason, lands, mouth open, and eats him right on the sand. But she could also say, like, you're going to be put into a situation where you have to make a choice between your friend or your documentary. Yeah. Good and evil. Oh, that'd let's be interesting. Get, let's, let's get like this person's name. So Does he care more about his documentary to let his friend die? Who knows? Who knows? person's name is Chang. Which person? The dude, the dude trying to make the film? Yeah. Chang. The song. The song. The name I have in front of me from generators Chang Jinsang. Chang Jin Don Jinho. This man went after Asian names. Yeah, you gotta change it up from time to time. Alright. Either way. Vishnu. Brother Vish. Brother Vish. Maybe he's watching. Always fun to name characters after people we know. Yeah, let's go ahead and name it. Alright. Protag. <laughs> I think the protag should be Chang, and then the friend would be Vishnu. <laughs> All right, that works. Friend slash crew, or film, yeah, because it's a filmmaker, so friend slash film assistant. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know why I'm blanking on it, but cinematographer Vishnu. So we got Chang, Chang, insane, and Vish, and his buddy Vish. The names of, like, if we really want to do this, of the tribes folks, is going to be interesting. Kind of names they have. It was a shaman name generator. 
That's the question, isn't it? There probably is, honestly. Common names. There we go. There actually is. Can you believe it? Let's go to female. Oh, good luck trying to pronounce these. Who knew? Here's a simple one. Moose. Was it? Mooslu. Slu. Yeah. Manny. Manny. John. Mornock. Mornock. I think I see that. Fetty. There we go. That's one go. So Fetty is seer girl. Fetty. Gotta say, I gotta pick something where we could say it a bunch of times as we go through this. Fetty. And, Fetty uh, Wop. So Fetty. And then, you know, we'll say like father, so on for everyone else. The chief. The it's chief. father. All right. So, so maybe this story starts off with, you know, maybe, you know, Vicious has the camera up to his, you know, he's recording. They're on a boat. You know, Chang is, you know, he's controlling the motor to this boat and they're flying along the water and he's talking about, we've finally done it. We're going to go to this tribe and no one has seen in a thousand years and see if we can get them to make contact. Make, yeah, see if we can, see if they're still alive and make contact, you know? Chang and boat cruising along the stream. Uh, there you go. Is let me just double check. Is talking. Chang is vlogging. That's from documenting. Is documenting their adventure to find the lost tribe of. Just say this lost tribe to see if this lost tribe still exists, and if they do, make contact. All right. So how do they know when they've reached the area where this tribe? Say they just get. Confronted by some guys with spears, Bro, or did they find some markings? I got you. I got you. I got you. So I'm stealing this from a video game. It's a Tomb Raider game where uh -huh. Laura Croft falls down this what this stream. It's like waterfalls that goes into a stream, and you kind of as you play the game, you gotta like move her from side to not be impaled by these sharp stick logs that have been sharpened at the ends. If you do, you go slide right into it and she's just impaled. It's gruesome. So <laughs> as they're on this boat, the defensive systems kick in and these long logs or sticks, whatever, pop up and it impales the front of their boat because their front of their boat's going along the stream. They, it, it, you know, it hits, boom. And then now they're stuck. Now they have to get off the boat. But they also, like, here's the thing. You also know you're close by because you're going to defend close right. to home. So maybe as that happens, maybe some folks, one, you know, two, three, four emerge from the tree line, you know, bows in hand, curious faces, whatever. Or they get off, they walk around to the, you know, the shore and they see a fire. They see Campfire. smoke or... Or maybe the markings. Oh. I see human skulls. That sounds pretty good. But I'm going to say the boat is impaled. It's impaled by a, a trap. A booby trap. By a booby trap. Chang and Vish are stuck ashore. Maybe they're, maybe they're walking around trying to get signal on the radio. I imagine they probably carry something like that. Oh, that's true. Like Maybe they're trying to call it in. Hey, you know, we've... Our boat has been swim ashore yeah. and trying to get some radio back to civilization. Try to give them their coordinates and stuff. And maybe they are able to. You know, the signal is weak and hard to hear. 
but they are able to give their coordinates. They, you know, get the message out that their boat is no longer seaworthy. Well, they're on a street. Just say like, yeah. Well, I meant seaworthy. Like it's not going to float. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not happening no more. Boat, this boat's done. It's done. Ain't gonna float. That boat's ain't gonna float. All right. So the boat's not gonna float. I feel like action, like, like something dangerous, upbeat happens, right? So they, they get to shore, they radio in. I almost want to be like, oh, they come a, across a, a spear is like thrown by them or something. I don't know. But if they come across a dangerous animal and they're about to run, like a boar or something, and then. They get saved by the tribe. So they spear the boar for dinner. Okay. Here's the thing. And I'll put a solution to that thing. And maybe they come across it and they're like, you know what? Let that wild boar tear these intruders up. And then once they're teared up, then we'll kill the boar. No. Then all three of them will be our dinner. However, perhaps they go to kill the boar. They try to, they're about to kill them or they're you know threatening to. And someone says something in their own language. And then they stop. Curiosity, etc., takes over. And the idea being here is the person that told them not to kill them or whatever had a had the seer, the seer, Feti had given him or her a prophecy or whatever and a vision. And these mm. outsiders were a part of that vision. And now he's making sense of it. And the rest of the tribe's like, What are you talking about? They're like, no, man. Fetty told me I would come across outsiders. Right. Yeah, so, okay. So the duo sees a wild boar, and a wild boar as it you know, stares them down, ready to charge. The boar lunges the two, get ready, and as an arrow pierces the heart of the, of the boar. So an arrow pierces the heart of the boar. Tribes Tribesmen come out of their hiding and begin to circle Chang and Vish spears towards them and happy faces. Okay. And maybe Chang's Chang's getting excited now. He's like, Oh, you exist. Chang's like oblivious to his impending doom. Chang is still <laughs> trying to document and talk to the tribes and introduce himself they seem unamused they look at this guy and they're like you need to take him out it's crazy yeah and then one of them does a war cry because they're about to impale him a fighter or a hunter screams war cry and they prepare plunge their spears when probably make him like a small one when a small boy there we go we didn't use boy yet, right? Not yet. All right. And a small boy steps in front and talks to his people. Chang and Vish can't understand, right? So the boy tells his people to not kill them, right? Bring them to the seer. The boy got a prophecy that those two are coming to their land. Yeah. To not kill them, he tells, minds them of the prophecy of the seer so you got some prophecy that predicted the duo's arrival yeah and maybe 
you know, I just kind of threw that in, you know, bring them to the seer, but maybe they don't bring them to the seer. You know, maybe it's more like they are prisoners for now until they can determine who they are. And then they kind of see that these guys are not there to harm them because they're kind of filming and more inquisitive than anything. Like, so I, what I'm saying is like, I imagine they bring them back to the tribe or you know, to, to where they're established, where they're set up. And then uh -huh. there's this introductory type situation where they're trying to suss each other out. You know, they don't know who these people are. They look nothing like them. And Maybe they bring it to the tribal leader. And yeah, they're all right. There just happens to be someone who's a father, but there's someone who can be the translator. Some, somehow, one of these guys knows English or something, can translate. Bro, they may not be speaking English. I don't know. But, okay, so we'll say, all right, so it reminds them from what the prophecy was. The group takes the dual stage, you know, takes the dual as prisoners. They march through. So we used. I feel like boy. in all the all the shows I've seen about this happening, there's always like a guy that. Oh, that's true. So maybe we have a third person on that boat, or maybe that guy's already there, and he's just like he's just been in contact with his tribe for a while. Yeah. Or we just put him on the boat. They're bringing him there. It's a free ride, so he can speak their language. Yeah. All right. So I'll just say translator. So you see the boar, it's H ish, and the translator. We'll work that in as we see fit or as it, where it makes sense. So they try to introduce themselves. They seem unamused. The translator is trying to remove tension. Trying to talk with them, but they don't want to hear it. Basically, Hunter screams their war cry, and then this boy comes to save the day. They take him as, you know, Prisoner. They take the two. They take the two filmmakers as prisoner, and they I let the, all three of them. They let. I was gonna say they let the translator walk freely alongside them. So they take Chang nah, and Vish. All three prisoners. They're like, "Oh, you can understand us. Great. So you understand that you ain't getting out here alive." So they march through the dirt created road. It's another one of our words. Leading up to the village. Now they must get approval. From the tribal chief. That's right. The village is alive with people in activity. The translator tells Vish and Chang they will need to seek approval from the chief. And Vish says, what happens if we don't get approval? And the well, translator says. You see that big pot over there on top of that fire? <laughs> so they're cannibals now. And the translator tells Vish and Chang they'll need to seek approval Vish asks. What if we don't get approval? What happens if we don't? Translator says, well, I hope your last interaction with your loved ones was a good one. And I hope you're tasty. All right. So they are marched or placed into the largest hut. Might, might as well make them a treetop community. A treetop community. Yeah. So they build <clears throat> up in the trees. So they're placed into the largest okay. treetop hut and pushed to sit or whatever, kneel. Chang is telling them they are doc filmmakers. Well, Chang is telling they, the translator to they tell. Are friendly. Well, he could be saying it. It doesn't mean they understand it. You know, he's saying it. They are friendly. You know, he turns to. No hurt. 
the translator to translate. We, we know hurt you. Translator tells them. They mean no harm. Translator tells them no response. Then the chief enters. Stern looks on everyone's face. So are they in the hut right now? They're in the chief's yeah, hut? Yeah. Except Chang's an optimistic person. He's just in awe of everything. This is... He's loving it. This is what he's been working for. Right. You know, the chief sits on his throne, if you will. Special chair. We have 38 minutes, but I think we're getting too nitty, too gritty. Let's broaden it out. So, the chief sits. They discuss why they are there. Right. Translator Chang finishes recording what he can. Like, they discuss it. Right. The chief agrees to let them live. Just like that, huh? Well, maybe not, but 37 minutes, we've probably laid down some bones that we can add to it. Yeah. Chief agrees to let them live, but they, like, maybe they have to still, like, maybe he wants them to still see the seer so he can hear what, you know, if you had the power to figure out, like, someone's fate, let's say, or fortune, you know, you know, he might think, you know, the chief might think, oh, the seer says that they're going to do X, and that's a threat to me and my people. You know, maybe we should just kill them after we find out, like, what their true intentions are, like, what's truly in their heart, let's say, or, like, what do they bring? And maybe the message is so vague that, like, he's not sure, but maybe, you know, it's vague where it's, like, something along the lines of, like, it can help them with their enemies, Right? That's one of the words in it. Yeah. It can help them with their enemies, or it could... Or if they are the enemy. Or they are the enemy. That's right. But he agrees to let them live for now. But they... So he sends them to the seer. The guys are presented to the seer. You see the experience the ritual, and the seer tells the fortune. The seer tells fortune of each person... But we'll focus on one. On the fortune of Chang, the seer expresses they are wiped out a tribe from, say, from the face of the earth. Which He's going to wipe out a tribe? His Him being there. Like, it doesn't mean that he's not doing the killing. Which one? Which tribe is not known? I mean, this is a terrible dialogue. It's not known. But the enemy is playing in the enemy of my enemy. That was, is that the saying? The enemy of my enemy. Is the my enemy friend. of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. There's no way that she would say it like this. I wouldn't even have the saying in their drive, but whatever. So she's saying that his fortune, he will be the cause of a wipeout of a tribe? Or cause the demise of a tribe. And they don't know which tribe. Right. right. She expresses maybe a war that causes the wipeout, but... Whether it's a fine tune or not, doesn't really matter. It's something right. that, like it causes this. Right. All right. The men are allowed to live, but with supervision. So like they're followed. So even though like they're still going around doing their thing, they're followed while they're doing it because they don't know yet like what the true nature is. Right. After having positive times with the people. Let's just say eating together, working together. You know, maybe it means hunting or whatever. Gathering, hunt, working together, etc. It's night. Chang and the crew 
feel like they are getting to know the tribe well when all of the sudden tribe is attacked fire arrows yeah i mean come swarming down onto the hut (laughs) staying oh wait hey you use the word enemy as well so that's all of our words so now he's got to work through these images okay so arrows can rain down it's the other tribe attacking right they defend themselves and the chief which is to put an end to them put an end to the warring tribe the enemy tribe yeah they just got attacked by them yeah so they defend themselves and the chief promises it will not happen another time he's gonna put an end to it all it's loving this and tells Vish they are in for a treat. Tells Vish, make don't. sure you get all this. That's right. Don't stop shooting. Vish expresses that it's getting dangerous. Chang, they should get they should make their escape. Chang doesn't care. He's he's in it really for glory. I mean, yeah, yeah, why not? I mean he's like so consumed by this opportunity. Right. All right. So he's in it for glory, right? Whatever. That night, Chang has a fever dream. There's a girl in a, in a pink dress. I also want to be like a girl in a pink dress. And it's like someone from the outside world brought in. And, but like, I guess we should discuss like, what is the significance of this dream? Is it like this dream? Yeah. Is it like you won't escape type deal? Like the um, message is like you're not going to escape impending doom and dangers coming your way. Like maybe the dream starts off beautiful and wonderful and nice, and then it, it ends like with just bloodiness or just human anguish and destruction. Marking, you know, you know, there's this beauty, there's this beauty where he is. But then all this destruction follows. I mean, there could also be a, a message here about like how mankind has beauty at its fingertips, but does it its best to destroy it. Yeah, we could do something like that. Beauty at your fingertips. Maybe it should be a metaphor for, I don't know, like his failure or maybe their impending doom too. Or maybe the tribe he's like, this tribe is about to get wiped out and it's his job to keep their legacy going, make sure that there's documentation of him and just reinforces his mission. That's one. What if it's like Chang and by extension, the others that he brought, but Chang coming there and it's kind of rifting off of like what the seer has saw. So by Chang coming there, you know, he has a dream that his presence is bringing upon them these, this doom and death. So I almost have this idea of like, you know, you see this girl in a pink dress, she's dancing in a fiddle of flowers, you know, beautiful, vibrant, etc. But then she notices Chang. She looks up, notices him. She frowns, tries to run away, but gets stopped or killed or whatever. And it's just like by her looking at him or towards the camera, whatever it is, it implies that the pre like unaware of this person's and it's also a larger message about the outside world. In this case, unaware of them, unaware of all that, happy and bliss. But once they become aware, and they, you know, by seeing Chang, I guess in this case, it's his dream. Once we become aware, it's like everything goes to hell in a sense. All right. Yeah. Blood is spilled all 
field. Chang tries to help, but, but he can't or whatever. Right. It's just something that like that. Back so Chang wakes up. So pretty much just the only thing to worry about for that dream sequence is as a dream, beautiful girl in pink dress. She's having fun in the field. She looks at him, tries to run away, gets killed, and blood is everywhere, right? Just signify like his presence, the realization that he exists has a consequence here. And you know, blood in the field. All right, Chang wakes up and you know, sweat all over. If this was a film, right? We creep I'll creep some people out. He wakes up with sweat all over. The guard watching him all day is like kneeling. Like his face is just watching him. Even right? there's a close up of his face. Yeah, just, but just like watching him, you know? The guy watching him all day is still watching him. He turns and sees. Not the... even turns. Like, it's creepier. It's one thing if you're, you wake up, you're hyperventilating, let's say, right? And you look over, and then this guy, like, looks over. Like, you could, you watch him, like, look over at you. Like, right, he has a problem. First, you're hyperventilating. You wake up. You look. And this dude's been watching you. You're like, how long? Or he's like right in front of your face, just looking at you. He's like, how long has he been doing this? (laughs) Watching him all night with a creepy smile. I don't know whether we might be doing a little bit of horror. The guard that's been watching him all day is still watching at night. And the creepy smile crosses his face. Chain rolls over as to not look at him. Okay, the morning comes, and the tribesmen are serious than before. They are getting dressed in their battle attire. The translator tells them they are getting ready for an attack on their enemy tribe. Chang tells Vish to go record, or Chang tells Vish we need to get we, footage. Yeah, we are going to go. <clears throat> Thanks, those fish. We are going to go record. Vish, Vish is very us. resistant. Vish says, no, we have to get our radio and like try to radio in again and get the F out of here. Right. They shouldn't. And instead, they should get out of there. Chang don't want to hear it. Chang says, do you want to go back to your old job of... You want to be a nobody? Do you want to go back to your old job of a pizza boy? We're about to make history, and it's going to make us rich. You want to work at Pizza Hut all all day long? All right. We have about 20 minutes. The attack goes underway. Yeah, it's a sneak attack. Let's say the sneak attack goes underway. And as they do, a person from another tribe runs at them to attack when another from their tribe stops him. That tribesman bludgeoned to death. Amen. Their presence will bring about a death. Fish fish stops holding up the camera and tries to run. He's caught, stabbed multiple times. Eighteen minutes, the guy getting somewhere. Gotta get an outline somehow. He's, He's caught and stabbed, stabbed multiple times. <laughs> No, he drops the camera. He drops the camera? All right, I'll let you and take it. He drops the camera, and he's, as he tries to escape, he gets caught and stabbed. But Chang, being a maniac, he picks up the camera <laughs> and films the whole thing happening. Stop. Chang films the whole thing. 
maybe it begins to record the tribe saving Vish, so so it's not as merciless. It's like this man does not care. So he's like recording that. They save Vish. Ah, so um, Vish gets saved. Well, I think he's just gonna die in Tree Hut, but like later. Okay. Everyone is back at the tribe or at the treetops. Excuse me. So the attack is over. Yeah. And they're back. Yeah, they're back at the treetops. Or those that survived, at least. Treetops. Vish is upset. With Chang. Man, this man is barely upset because he's dying. What's he dying from? Did he get he's hit? Stab wounds. Oh. He just didn't die instantly. This man has a slow <laughs> oh. death. Those that survived are back at the treetops. Vish is, <laughs> Vish is dying. Vish is starting to... And coughing up blood. Hallucinate <laughs> as he slowly dies from his stab wounds. Chang's like, don't worry, Vish. We'll give you producer credit. Then try to stop. Tell him. Tell him to hang on. He will get help. Fish pulls him in close and tells him, this is your fault. This man is haunting about to haunt this man. Fish dies. It may not be instant, but at some point he dies. Chang says, don't worry. It's going to be a credit that says, in loving memory of Vish. Chang, Chang is alone with the camera. What happened to the translator? Translator's still well, there. Right? Translator's still there, but he's alone at this on this particular moment, watching the footage. Now the translator appears, tells him they should leave while they can. The seer told him his fate would be the same as as fish. Fish. So they need to get out. Chang tells the translator, "That's ridiculous." You know, what happened to Vish is a tragedy, but it doesn't mean it'll happen to him. All right, so it's only like that. About 13 minutes, so we kind of have to get our points across a little bit more pointedly. Just for a quick update, girl in pink dress with flowers we used. We use all of our words. The different religion one is a little... Not you can kind of explain that as exposition. Yeah. Just explain. Maybe the translator has relays them to them that maybe after the first attack, they're talking about who attacked them. Translator says, it's this tribe that, that doesn't like what they're doing with the seer. Oh, it's okay. That their... happens right now, right? He's weapon the vision. What happened to him, right? So the translator tells thing more of the history. He just found out between they had a peace, a standing peace. They had a standing peace, but it went to hell. Maybe even their version of hell. They had a standing peace, but went to hell. Now they went, but went to hell after the birth, or not even the birth, after the secret of Eti was let out. They know they know about her gifts from the devil. That's right. From the they devil, see, as they call it. The opposing tribe sees the seer's activity as taboo. That's right. Sees it, sees it as an act of crime punishable by death. It's, it's a natural act against the will of their god. Feti must be killed and buried in order for their... So, like, maybe the other tribe thinks they have bad luck on them because they haven't taken care of her. 
So she must be killed and buried in order for their bad luck to lift. And the thing about tribes is like they can't find something. Like they say they go hunting and they can't, they never get what they want. You can attribute it to something else. Oh, you know, we can't find. Yeah, maybe this, we can't this tribe is like food. suffering from famine or like, something. Suffering from famine, the plague. And yeah, they're like it's this the witch over like, at the other tribe cursing us. It's like it's their god cursing them for not dealing with the witch from the mm. tribe. It's like right. I am the true god, and you allow her to live. No. Yeah, and Jane says no. that's the story. This man ruthless. He's like ah, oh, my documentary story. Jag says no. We have to honor Vicious. We can't have Vicious' death go in vain. Be in vain. We must finish. The translator calls him crazy. So the translator tries to leave. He Jake leave. stabs him. That's right. <laughs> no. Calls him crazy and leaves. So maybe, like, here's the thing. Maybe he does actually leave. When this man gets killed, when he's all by himself in this jungle, this man should have never left. Oh, so he tries to take, like, I don't know, like one of the fishing boats and tries to leave with it. Yeah, something. And then... As he's trying to escape. He doesn't know that the other tribe is attacking them back again. Like, they're stalking them. So the translator gets killed as he's trying to escape. They're walking out of the water like the skeletons in Pirates of the Caribbean. From Davy Jones' locker. So, alright, he tells him he's crazy and leaves. Chang goes to the seer. So, like, later on the translator will die, but Chang goes to the seer... And asks for a second reading or whatever. The seer says that cannot be done. What is will be. What is will be. Jang asks if she's, you know, probably like recording her, right? If she's scared of death. The seer, all of a sudden the seer can speak English or whatever. The seer says, ask not these silly questions. Death comes to us all. Death is inevitable. Oh, that's bad. As the translator walks to the shore and prepares boat, hears, got six minutes, 30 seconds, hears, leaves, rustling in the grass behind him, turns around and gets stabbed and is instantly stabbed in the stomach. The painted faces of the other tribe stands before him as later its eyes back from a distance we see that they chop off his head what translator the translator should have never left he should have been translating all right back to the tribe or the main tribe Chang. oh excuse me chang is replacing the sd card when a horn is heard the battle is being brought to them Again, war five minutes ensues. Chang is trying to capture it all. Almost killed. He's almost killed while trying to film. As he continues to film, he spots someone preparing to kill the chief. Chang, it's like instead of hanging back, Chang decides to arrow down, arrow down, I guess. I would say shoot down, but arrow down the would be killer. Maybe he, I don't know, smacks him with something. Yeah, I mean, he kills him. The chief, three minutes. The chief looks up, locks eyes with Dang. Smile. Nods. 
a nod. An acknowledgement. Right, a nod. The tribe repels the rest. Most importantly, they kill, they killed their leader. The end of this conflict is upon them. It's like Chang's interview. Like Chang interviews. Well, his translator is dead. Chang goes home. Translator then realizes his SD cards are blank. Realizes he never pressed record. What have you done, Chang? The end of the conflict is there. Chang puts the camera away. Chang leaves. And leaves. I feel like it should end with, like, either he's on the news or his documentary's being screened. Yeah. You know. He should go to a private screening of his documentary. He cut to a private screening of his doc. It's a joyous, here we go, joyous night. Laughter, drinks, swords. But as Chang looks to one side of the room, he can see the lady in the pink. Was it a pink dress? Yeah. yeah. The lady in the pink dress. He closes his eyes and she's she has vanished. Alright, so he's there for this thing. Everyone's happy. And she vanishes. Oh, and there goes the timer. Then he walks out and gets hit by a car. Maybe. Or maybe it's like by him releasing this film, he's still bringing the outside world to this world, making others aware of it, causing more conflicts in the f- future for them. Or that's the implication. I don't know. Maybe. But All right. That is the timer. What an interesting, crazy story we got. Kind of crazy. This one's a little crazy. A little crazy, a little weird. I think with more time, more. We, it ended up becoming a lot deeper than I think we were going to make it. And I think it. It deserves a certain level of like interconnectedness with of how deep like each thing should have a meaning. Like if this were to ever be made, you know, in that script or in the longer outline in the book, whatever it, format it shows itself, you know, all these details need to intercut beautifully, right? And like and probably even allude to other things, other themes that we haven't really sussed out yet through other like nightmares or something like this. But I think I actually think this idea is not half bad. I think it, the the more, the further down the rabbit hole we went with it, the more like, Oh, there's more opportunity here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too bad. It's interesting. Very interesting. Shall we give this a read? Yeah. I think you have the second half of the story better grasped. So I'll read up to before they start getting attacked. The first attack. The first attack. All right. And then you could take it from there and finish it off. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, let me just double check something here. First attack. Sneak attack is underway. Yeah. Tries to record it like a crazy man. Crazy documenter. So to recap for everyone, our five words, bull enemy, road, approval, and stream. The two randomly generated images we have were a girl surrounded by flowers in a pink dress and a whole bunch of different, a cartoon image of a bunch of different religious buildings and religions. So we'll incorporate that in a interesting way so story starts off with a group of three two friends 
who are aspiring filmmakers. They're on a mission to create the very first documentary about this lost tribe. With them is a translator who usually guides, supervised tours between specific individuals in this tribe. He can speak their language. So they're cruising along this stream. Chang and Vish are excited. They're getting all their camera gear ready. Chang is doing a vlog for his own social media saying how, you know, they're getting close to where the tribe is and they're about to make contact soon. As they're cruising along, they hit a little bump. The group thinks nothing of it. And a second later, a wooden log that has been filed down on the end as a sharp spear comes up and impales the middle of their boat, stopping them in the middle of the stream. Chang and Vish and the translator all freaking out. They're like, what, what the hell is this? The translator said, oh, we must have accidentally hit one of their defense mechanisms for the village. They are a secluded tribe after all. And Vish is like, how are we going to get back? And the translator says, don't worry. We have the radio. We can just radio in. And Chang says, we're not doing any of that until we get some footage of this tribe. And he asks the translator, are they close? Translator says, they're not too far away. So the three of them come on shore and they begin wading through the tall grass, making their way towards the where this tribe is on foot. As they're trekking along, they come across a wild boar. The three of them stop. Chang is trying to get footage of this. The translator says, don't move. You know, just stay still or else it's going to come charging. If it doesn't see us as a threat, it'll eventually leave. So they're standing still as possible. The boar is just sniffing around, takes one look at them takes another look at him and begins charging, begins a stance so he could charge our group of three friends. As the boar is charging, it gets hit in the side with an arrow. Another arrow flies by and hits the boar. The boar squeals and falls down to the ground. We see tribesmen with bows and arrows and spears come out of the grass. Now they're pointing him at the group of three. The translator's trying to calm everyone down, and Chang, Vish is scared, and Chang is over the moon in excitement. He's trying to, he's trying to film everything. He's trying to get all this footage, and he's trying to talk to the tribesmen, trying to introduce himself, trying to shake hands with them. They don't like that. They get even more tense and start threatening them. As the tribesmen, they make a decision. They've labeled the translator and the two friends as enemies. So they've made a conscious decision to get rid of the three right here. And as they let out a war cry, signaling that they're about to impale these poor men with spears, a young boy comes yelling, telling them to stop. He explains to them that in his prophecy that he just got from the village seer Feti, it foretold a th three foreigners washing ashore on their land. They are not to be harmed. The tribesman, the leader of the tribal group, of that specific hunting group, lets everyone knows what's happening. They all lower their spears, but they take Vish, Chang, and the translator hostage, binding them with ropes and leading them back to the village. As they're going along the dirt road leading up to the village, 
The village is lively. There's fires going everywhere. People doing chores outside, all staring at the group of three as they're being led towards the tribal chief's hut, which is located on treetops. Chang is pissed because his hands are bound. He can't film any of this. He's complaining. He's like, we're missing such good footage right now. But as they're being led to the tribal chief's hut, they're made to bend on their knees. The tribal chief walks in with a stern face. Now it's judgment time. They must get the chief's approval, the translator explains. And if they don't, Vish asks. The translator says, well, then we're dead. So Chang, in the meantime, is trying to tell the tribesmen they mean no harm. They're just here to create a film, and he's being awfully noisy. The translator tells him to shut up. He says, let me talk. And he tells, he talks back and forth to the chief, tells the chief their purpose there. The chief raises an eyebrow and paces back and forth and finally comes to a conclusion. He looks at them. He tells the translator that they get one divination reading by the village seer to tell and that will tell them if they're enemies or not. So they get led to the hut of where the village seer Feti is. Chang sits down. He's the one that's getting his fortune told. She pulls out a teacup with a leaf in it, puts her hands around the cup as we see the leaf spin around. She asks for Chang's hand. Chang gives her his hand. If he brings out a sharp object and stabs him in the finger. Chang's like, ow, what was that for? She takes his hand and dr- makes droplets of blood go into a bowl. She tells Chang, she signals to Chang to drink the tea. Chang looks at the translator and nods. Chang drinks the tea and he feels a weird sensation wa- wash across his body. The seer says a few words and she goes into a trance almost like a seizure. Her eyes roll back and she's shaking. But then as she's com- as she comes to, she says a fortune that the translator translates to them. They said Chang's fortune, he will be the demise of a tribe, but they don't know which tribe. Chang doesn't understand what this fortune means. He's more excited that there's multiple tribes. He says, there's multiple tribes? After we film this one, we'll go film the other one. This will be part of our hit documentary. And he pulls the translator aside. He says, none of this stuff is real, right? I mean, come on. Fortune tellers, we all know they're scams. No way this is real. And the translator says, I don't know. But the good news is we've been granted permission to stay here in this village for the time being. But we must be under tribal supervision. So we see the group of three going around. Vish is filming. Chang is talking. They're filming all the tribal activities that are going on. Hunting missions, fishing, how the women cook, make clothes, how the children are raised. They're getting all the footage they need to put this documentary together. Vish and Chang feel like they're making history and they're going to bring back some good stuff when they go back to civilization. One night, they're in the hut, just going over footage. Chang and Vish are having discussions on what to keep, 
what they should take out. They're making executive decisions on here, what they should go film next. Chang's like, oh, maybe we should make the chief. Maybe we should ask if we can film one of the divination setting uh, sessions with the chief or another tribes person, a village person. All of a sudden, a horn sounds and the two look up, not knowing what's going on. All right. As they look up, arrows with fires on the tips rain down from above. The tribe is now under attack. But from whom? They have never met this foe. Chang tells Vishnu, don't stop recording, no matter what. The tribes, and the tribes of their current home, and the intruder tribe fight. As quickly as they came is as quick, quick as they left. Confusion from Chang as to what happened. Why start? Why pick a fight and start this thing, but yet only use a few men in order to fight with the whole tribe? As Chang, Vishnu, and the translator are put in front of the chief again, they are told that this was an attack on their defenses to see how well they would hold up. The chief lets them know, and the rest of his people know, that this will never happen again. In fact, they should put an end to them before they can do it again. With a huge smile on his face, Chang whispers to Vish, they're in for a real treat. They're going to be filming all day. Grab the extra batteries and make sure the memory is good to go. Vish expresses that this is starting to get out of hand, a bit dangerous. Perhaps they should leave. I mean, they already got a bunch of footage. They proved that they are there, thriving, living. <clears throat> they know how they cook, how they hunt, what life looks like for them. Why not cut out now while they still can? They don't need to get involved in this. But as if Chang doesn't care, he tells them they're staying. He's really in it for the glory. The story that he didn't know would come. That night, as Chang lays down for his sleep, he begins to dream. A dream like which he's never experienced before. In this dream, there's a beautiful Asian girl in a pink dress, moving across flowers, her hands lightly touching the petals as she passes by. Graceful. As the flowers move in the wind, she looks up to find standing there looking at her she's looking at us her smile her grace goes away what replaces the smile is a frown and she begins to run but as quickly as she begins to run she falls and trips hits her head hard on the ground and blood begins to pool all around slowly her body is pulled into the soil still drenched with that blood Chang can do nothing but walk. As he begins to look up in his dream, he wakes up in real life. He's covered in sweat, unsure of what any of that meant, if anything. As he looks to his right, he notices, he notices the guard from before, early watching him. Close. His eyes stare at him in the night. A slow, creepy smile begins to cross his face, as if he was able to witness the dream alongside Chang. Chang turns his back to him and closes his eyes. But he knows good and well, sleep will not come to him tonight. The morning finally comes as the sun begins to rise over this land of men and women not seen to the outside world in hundreds of years. The mood is serious. 
and quiet. The men are putting on their battle attire, strapping on what they need to defend themselves, arming themselves with bows and readying their arrows. A few are off to the side, practicing their thrusts of their spear. Chang shakes Vishnu. Get up. Hurry. Get the camera. They begin to record the preparation of the battle to come. At this point, the translator joins Chang and Vishnu and tells them the obvious. They're preparing to attack the enemy soon. Chang tells the translator they'll be there. On the battlefield? The translator asks. Yes. We need to record every last minute of this. Don't you see? This is the story, not what they cook or eat. That's background knowledge. Drama always sells. Vishnu again voices his concern. They shouldn't be there any longer. They shouldn't go. But Chang doesn't want to hear it. If you want to be somebody in this world, you have to take risks, he says. And risks they shall take. They sneak along a little further ways back from the main warring tribe, but they sneak along to the edge of the enemy tribe's village. Of course, they're recording the whole thing. As they position themselves around the village, the call is rung out. The men and women of the village, of the enemy village, is unaware. Too late. The trap springs on them, running full speed. Arrows fly by the men with spears, finding their targets. A bloody battle ensues. It's hard to tell who's winning, but just as this fight is underway, Vishnu realizes one of the enemy tribesmen has stopped what he's doing and now staring at Vishnu through the camera lens. He turns towards the camera and makes his way quickly towards him. But just as he's about to get to Vishnu, the tribesman from, the tri from their tribe stands in the way and tries to kill this man. Unfortunately, he's bludgeoned, bludgeoned to death. Vishnu stops, frozen in fear. The camera is still up. He wants to run, but he just can't do it. His legs won't work. The man who just bludgeoned this man to death pulls out a knife from his back, walks up to Vishnu, and stabs him multiple times. At this point, he drops the camera. As he's about to deliver the finishing blow on him, another tribesman rings an arrow right through his heart, stopping this vicious attack. Chang, run, Chang runs over to Vishnu and looks down in horror. Just as in his dream, the blood was covering the entire field around him. Vishnu's blood was covering all around the soil. Horrified, he becomes frozen and then focuses his attention to the camera that's laying next to him on the ground. He picks it up as to not let the blood get to the camera and records as the fight begins to end and the tribes are picking up those that fought alongside them. Two tribesmen come by and pick up Vish to bring him back to the treetops. As they get back, to, as they are now in the treetops, Vish covered in a in a blank. He's lost so much blood, he's beginning to hallucinate. His words are not making any sense. He's slowly dying from his wounds. Chang tries to tell him to hang on. Soon, boats will be on their way to get him, to fly him into a place where he can get help. But realistically, they both know it is too late for him. Vish pulls him in close, his mouth next to his ear, and with his dying breath tells him, 
this is his fault. His hand goes limp and drops beside him. Chang looks down at his now dead friend. Camera still next to him. What is he to do? Is he to be the filmmaker as he always wants? Documentary filmmaking is dangerous. He knows this. Vishnu knew this. Chang decides to walk out and sit alone watching the footage. This is what documentary filmmaking is. It's dangerous. He knows the blood sport. Everyone knew the potential dangers involved. As Chang is coming to his conclusion, the translator appears and tells him they should leave now. Now why they still can. The enemy tribe won't take this. They'll lick their wounds. And those who are still alive will come back for revenge. Chang tells them not to worry. They will be recording this entire fight. It's their job. Not only that, it's their duty to pay respects to Vishnu. The translator looks at Chang as if he's crazy. Delusional, this man. Vishnu wouldn't want this. He wanted out. And then Chang tells... Then the translator tells Chang what the seer told him when he had his fate read. The seer told him his fate would be the same as his friend Vish. Chang tells him that's ridiculous. There's no way. How would the translator know such a thing? He's still alive, isn't he? What happened to him is a tragedy. But it doesn't mean it will also happen to the translator. But the translator cannot take any more of this. He quickly tells him the history of this fight. He tells him about the secret that was let out about Fetty. He tells him about how when the enemy tribe discovered her gifts, as they put it, but the enemy tribe does not call it the gift. They call it the devil's curse. And for this, they believe that all of their ill will and bad luck is because their god is upset that they haven't stopped this witch from living. It's unnatural in the act of defiance from their god. Thus, Fetty must be killed and burned in order for their good luck to be restored. They believe... The promises of plentiful food, good drinking water, less rain will be theirs if they can obey their god. The translator thinks he's finally gotten to Chang. This is dangerous. This is the reason why. But a slow smile crosses his face. It is dangerous. And that's our story. We must finish it. The translator shakes his head and says he's going alone. He turns and leaves. Chang goes to the seer and asks if he can have a second reading. But the seer tells him this cannot be done. What is, will be, she says in her language. Chang can't understand her, but she can understand him at this point. Chang tries to ask, isn't she afraid of death? And gestures to being killed. The seer shakes her head and in her language replies, death is inevitable. We cut back to the translator, who finally has reached the shore where their boats, the tribe's boats, are. He prepares a boat to leave as quickly as possible on the river and to find his way back to, back to civilization. Just as the boat begins to touch the, wa the water, he hears leaves rustling behind him. He turns around quickly, but is met with a knife to the stomach, gutted. The last image he sees is the painted face of a tribesman who prepares for war. The translator slowly, as his eyes rolled back. From a distance, we see they 
relieve him of his head. Back to the tribe. Chang removes and swaps out the SD card. So at that point, another horn is heard. Leading the charge is the translator, but his head is on a stick. They run towards whoever is inside of the tribe to begin this fight, this revenge act. Chang begins to record. The battle is intense, but this time there is not that many to fight due to the prior conflict. As Chang records, a man comes in swinging quickly at his head. Chang is lucky enough to be able to duck and dodge this blow as another tribesman comes flying down from the treetops with a spear in hand, plunges it right into this tribesman's back. Chang all along filming, unafraid, through his viewfinder on the camera, he spots something in the distance. As the chief is now in the midst of this fight, skillful as he is, he doesn't realize that there's a man coming to kill him from behind. Chang charges, rushing quickly forward, and bashes this man over the head with a big stick, not killing the man, but distracting him. He turns around. Chang is in trouble. There's nothing that can really harm this man. And just as he's about to get attacked, a spear is plunged and comes straight through this man's abdomen, almost piercing Chang. It's the chief. He has saved this man who he thought he might have killed once. They lock eyes. A simple yet impactful nod from the chief. The, tri the tribe has repelled this attack. In the midst of all this fighting, the enemy tribe's leader has been killed in battle. For now, this conflict is over. Chang has recorded everything. He has everything. He can finally leave, and he does. He takes one of their boats out and reaches civilization from where the rest of his team is holed up. He tells them of this story and taps this all on his camera. They ask, where is Vishnu? And they tell him he's passed away in the midst of this conflict. And this documentary will be one of the greatest ever seen by mankind. A few months have passed, and tonight is premiere night. The screening of this documentary. The atmosphere is joyous. Laughter, drinks, hors d'oeuvres are being served. People dressed in tuxedos and beautiful nightgowns. It's quite the occasion. As polar opposite as Chang had looked in the midst of the jungle with the tribe, he's now in his tuxedos, hair combed back and gelled back, face clean, looking quite reasonable and a handsome man. As he takes in the room, soaking up all the excitement in the air, he sees a familiar face. It's the lady in the pink dress. She sits elegantly, just as the lady who walked through the fields of flowers. But as he closes, as Chang closes his eyes and reopens them, she vanishes, and we cut to black. That's the end. That's the end. There we go. An interesting story of a maniacal, obsessed, diabolical documentary filmmaker. Straight diabolical Straight filmmaker. And for those of you who are wondering why I kept laughing at <laughs> Vish's demise, it's because Dave and I have a friend named Vish. 
and we definitely just made that character after. <laughs> I just want to be clear, in case he watches this, Vish, we do not want to see your demise, but I'm sure we both know you'll have some choice words for us. Oh, man. Interesting. Interesting. That story had more layers than what we're told. I yeah. originally imagined. There's, I think there's even more layers that can really be put into place with the proper time. Yeah. Who I had no idea this lady in the pink dress would even like cut into so many layers of this story. I know. You know? So. She leaves as kind of an unanswered question. Yeah. And a little daunting. Because it's like, what, what's going to happen next? Mm. What does it mean? Yep. You know? Yep, yep. But all right. Let's see what AI has to say. It's time to see what AI can generate off these words and themes. Alright, so can you create a story using the words uh, let's see. Using the words boy enemy road approval and stream as themes. Seeing more words inside story. Please include a girl pink dress as a character somehow and have religious undertones to this story. Alright, see what this comes up with. So curious to see what this does with this. Once upon a time, there was a little mermaid named Ariel. Rosa Rosa. Her unwavering faith was a beacon for the boy journey of faith. I thought you were going to make a Harry Potter reference. You said the boy, what was it? The boy who lived come to die. I mean, it might. Let's see. <laughs> Once upon a time in a quiet, humble village surrounded by grand mountains and glistening streams lived a boy named Elias. Elias was a curious child. His eyes filled with dreams and wonders, as broad and deep as the road that snaked through the heart of the mountains. Near the edge of the village, where the road began, Elias often saw a girl in a pink dress. Her name was Rosa. Rosa had a heart as soft as the petals of the roses she was named after, as she was as devout as anyone in the village, always offering her prayers by the stream, her soft voice intertwining with the symphony of the running water. I like that writing. The road that captivated Elias was no ordinary road. It was a sacred path known as the Pilgrim's Pathway, leading to an ancient shrine atop the mountains. The shrine, it was said, had the power to grant the approval of the divine to anyone brave and faithful enough to complete the arduous journey. This road, with its mystery and religious significance, was a symbol of both physical and spiritual journey. One day, as Rosa prayed by the stream, Elias approached her with a proposal. Mm. He wished to undertake the journey on the pilgrim's pathway, seeking the divine approval that had eluded many. To his surprise, Rosa, donning her pink dress, agreed to accompany him. She believed in his cause and wanted to offer her own prayers at the shrine. Their journey began under the soft glow of dawn, their hearts beating in rhythm with the pulse of the road underneath under their feet. However, their journey was not without trials. The boy and the girl in the pink dress faced their enemy, the unyielding mountain terrain, the treacherous weather, their own doubts and fears. Rosa, 
With her unwavering faith was a beacon for Elias. When he faltered, she was there, guiding him forward. Her prayers whispered to the wind, her pink dress a constant presence by his side. The two companions pushed each other onwards, bonded by their shared struggle, faith, and the hope of a divine approval. Finally, they reached the shrine. With a sense of profound respect, Elias and Rosa offered their prayers, the boy seeking approval and the girl expressing gratitude. As they prayed, a soft warm light bathed them, filling their hearts with peace and understanding. The divine approval was not a material reward, but an inward transformation, a profound understanding of the world around them, the shared hardships, and the strength in their hearts. When they returned, they were greeted as heroes, but the journey had changed them. The boy Elias was no longer just a dreamer, but a symbol of strength and faith. The girl in the pink dress Rosa was more than a devout villager. She was a beacon of courage and resilience. The journey became a tale told over generations. The boy, the girl in the pink dress, the road, their shared enemy, and their divine approval. The stream, once a simple backdrop to the girl's prayers, began, became a symbol of constant faith, running deep and true, just as the beliefs that guided them on their journey. Their story served as a reminder to the villagers that this it is not the destination, but the journey that shapes us, tests our faith, and reveals our true selves. It was a testament to friendship, faith, and the strength inherent in us all. Can I just say <clears throat> that AI chat, this a sec, on that second to last paragraph, their journey became a tale told over generations. I love saying that towards the end. That's not the first yeah, time that said something like, for generations, the story was told. I was just like, okay, this story is like the basis of something that could be interesting, but right, it's very basic in that it doesn't really get into any particulars. Like I said, their enemy and then brought up like nature and stuff. <clears throat> I, I was built on wondering like, okay, so once they get this divine, divine approval, like what do they what can they do with it? And they said it wasn't materialistic, which is fine. But then it's like, well, what's the bigger goal here? It's very individualistic in a sense, but it doesn't do anything other than it's, make them feel good. It was a symbol of their journey. <laughs> that's what, and that's the problem. Like, what's the actual story here? Like, they get this thing, it makes them feel at peace in a sense and closer to the divine. But what is it used for if anything and then like how does that help anyone other than themselves feel good and it doesn't it sounds like but for some reason everyone is telling this tale over time for generations to come and it's like why there's a symbol of faith yeah. strength i think it could be tied better it could have more legs i mean a story based around faith and going on this journey to get healing or get more knowledge or to become more aware of them, of their strength is good. I think there's something in there that's interesting. Yeah, there are parts of it that are interesting. Yeah. Just like a uh, journey to the shrine at the top of the mountain. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe the reason why they're going there could be stronger. What actually happens there, what they return with could be a little more impactful. Yeah, more a little more impactful than saying they did it. Or even the reason for going. Like, okay, they want to do this. Okay, she's devout. And he's, right. uh, you know, man of his faith. But it's like, what's the inciting incident that's like, I need to 
do it. Right. You know, so not terrible, not bad. I think as an outline for something, it could be an outline for something, but I, it would need a lot more thought process on the story. Like, what is this? Like, what? I don't know what this is. Just yet. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, but I say we still won that one, I think. I think so. All right. Now it's time to title our story. This crazy story. I'll the say, documentary. I put the girl in the pink dress. Seems like something right. that will be that. Or the warring tribes. The lost tribe. The lost tribe. That's pretty good. The lost tribe. Chang's documentary. Did you, oh, Chang's documentary. Or how about just tribesmen? Tribesmen. That's the story. Finding the story. Finding the story. Tribesmen. Go with tribesmen. Vishnu's demise. <laughs> tribesmen sounds good. Tribesmen. Sorry, brother Vish. Brother Vish. You, you didn't quite make it in this story. Maybe a different story. Maybe another time, exactly. Yeah. All right, folks. You heard it there. That was Tribesman, episode 24. We'll be back next week. Whole new set of words, whole new generated pictures, and a whole new story. So talk to you then.